Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What is up, my friends? It is Sunday night. It is the late night agenda. And as always, you're all very welcome along. I'm on time. Give me, you know, I think that deserves a standing ovation. I'm actually on time. I mean, it's brilliant, isn't it? I've been sitting here for 10 minutes, though, reading through the comments, get myself ready. And yeah, I hope that you're all uh, in fine form. I hope you all had a wonderful weekend. I mean, great win for the boys this morning. For those of you that got up early enough to watch it, uh, hands up who didn't. Me, guilty party here. Guilty party. But uh, yes, how are we all? So look, I know that you're looking at tonight's title and you're going, he's lost it again. Just when we thought we'd rescued old Craigo back from... The madness, he's back talking about Mbappe again. I know, I know. But bear in mind, I don't write these articles. But there is some genuine truth to this, we believe. So, let's talk about it. Do I think we'll end up signing Kylian Mbappe? Most probably not. But we got to talk about it. Giving you an update on Josko Gvardiol. We're going to be talking about uh, Lavia and a few more bits and pieces as well. JC Galvanil. What if we loan Mbappe, but he decides to stay? Well, we'll move on to talk about Mbappe in a minute, my friend. And thank you for your super chat, as always, buddy. You're very kind. You know, when you see the story about Kylian Mbappe, you, me, and everybody else that's a Liverpool fan goes, yeah, how are we affording that? How are we affording his wages? How are we affording everything else? And here's the truth behind it. I don't know if there's realistic possibilities of him signing for us, but... You look at Fabrizio Romano, the idea of PSG moving him on to a Premier League club, even for a year, and getting some money in before he goes to Real Madrid could be a distinct possibility. Now, there are two clubs really being mentioned with Kylian Mbappe. Liverpool on a loan basis for one season, and then there's Chelsea. Chelsea have been mentioned not just as a possibility of a loan, but Todd Bowley and his um, never-ending bottom pit of money wants to buy him, like keep him. And that's not going to work because Mbappe wants Real Madrid. So whatever way we dress this up, if by some miracle Liverpool manage to find a way to make the numbers add up, find a deal that works for the player, find a deal that works for PSG, it would be a one-year loan. And that would be it. I don't think there's any 
possibility if he came in that he'd stay. He wants Madrid. Let's be frank and honest about that from the start. But if there's a possibility that there's a number that works for a season, what are you saying? You know, what are we saying? If, if it's possibility, if it's one season. I mean, I don't know how the numbers add up from Liverpool perspective. I don't know how much of a fee would have to be given to PSG. And I've not seen one mentioned, in all honesty. Seen lots of people say, oh, yeah, it'd be a fee to PSG, loan him for the year. Then he signs his pre-contract agreement in uh, January with Real Madrid and he moves there in the summer. So until we see fees or numbers being mentioned, I think we can just put it in the... It's flying, circling around Bullshit Island. It hasn't landed yet. It doesn't know whether it's going to divert from Bullshit Island over towards Anfield Agenda Central. But we move on and I want to know what you think. Fabrizio Romano has been speaking about the Mbappe situation. This is what he's had to say. PSG would love to find an agreement with an English club for Kylian Mbappe, but the feeling is still the same. Mbappe only wants Real Madrid, no other destinations. It comes down to this. PSG need to save face. PSG cannot be seen to allow the star of French football, the poster boy of French football, to leave a Parisian club for free to Real Madrid. They cannot see that happening. Now, there are very few clubs in the world who financially can't be pushed around. And PSG were always one of them. Look at what they did to get Neymar when they felt slighted by Barcelona after that uh, victory for Barca at the new Camp in the Champions League, that Louis, Louis Suarez-inspired comeback. They went out and they got Neymar to prove a point. I think whatever happens, Mbappe moves in this window. I don't see him staying there past this window. I just don't know if he they find an agreement with Real Madrid or if he goes to the Premier League on loan for a season. Or I don't know. I really don't know. But it's another headache football doesn't need. Let me say that. Why would PSG want him to go on loan though? Because they'd receive a fee and a hefty one at that. Like not enough that would make the deal, uh, I, I suppose, that sweet for them, P. But they'd receive a pretty hefty loan fee. And they get his wages off the books for the year. So that's the only upside, I guess, for PSG. Let's hope Mbappe wants to make his mummy proud. I was, Adrian, thank you for the super chat. I was wondering about that, you know. Would his mother get in his ear and go, one season, Killian, go on, one season? Craig, how much would you pay for Mbappe's wages if he was to come on loan? So I've seen two different figures mentioned. I've seen 600 grand a week mentioned for that, you know, his wages. But I've also seen... I think it was Cave Solical on Sky say when you take into account the very generous bonus and uh, add-ons in his contract, he can earn as much as two million a week, apparently. So uh, I think from our perspective, you'd have to think that Nike would step up in some to some extent if that was to happen for a year. Because we would sell a a ton of shirts, without a shadow of a doubt, a ton of shirts. But it would all come down to the wages, the image rights versus the loan fee. Um, so I can't see it happening unless Nike got involved somehow. And I don't know what that could be. Adrian, thank you. With Mbappe champions by Christmas. Imagine, like even for one season, just for the wow factor. Like, imagine that. Imagine we... It won't happen. But imagine we've seen Mbappe lining up for a year in a Liverpool shirt. Be mental. Is the Guardiola bid real? Do you know, it's a great question, uh, Decanter, and I'm going to do my best to answer it for you. So, 
before we get stuck into it in all of its detail, let me run through where it comes from and what it says. We know one thing about Fikahes is that they have um they have a what's the word I'm looking for? An embassy on our bullshit island. But Spanish outlet Fikahes have said that Liverpool have looked to make a late move to hijack the deal for Yasko Guardiol. They go on to say Guardiol is close to joining Manchester City. We know that. I've been reporting that for a while. We also know that they haven't met the number that Leipzig want, Manchester City, which I believe is about 86 million. So at this moment in time, Fekahe say that Liverpool have put in a bid. I have no idea. I doubt it. I severely doubt it because I don't see how Liverpool suddenly have 86 million to spend on a centre-back. But if it was possible, if by any stretch of the imagination it could be done, I don't think there would be a single one of you, me included, that would not take him. He'd be amazing. He'd be the ideal signing. Him, Colwell, those have always been the dream. So look, do I think it'll happen? No, because I don't think we'll spend the money. But Somebody asked the question, so I brought it to you and told you where the story comes from. What are we thinking? Fakahe's talk crap. Oh, I know, Ben. I know. And we, we, we have an ongoing joke here on the channel about Fakahe's belonging or having a, an embassy on our mythical bullshit island. So I, I'm with you. The only reason I'm bringing it back up is somebody mentioned it, that they missed the start of the stream and asked me to go back over it. Pinching him from under City's nose would be worth it. Oh, God, yes. Scratch 83. It would be great. And as somebody else in the chat has pointed out, you know, there could be a little bit of a, well, you could have Carvalho fully, long-term. You know, we could look at working that into the deal. You know, we do have... We've got a good relationship, obviously, with Leipzig. If you look at the players we've already brought in, a uh, player we've just loaned out to them in Carvalho as well, there's definitely a path of communication there and I think a, a mutual respect from both clubs. So, look, I don't think it's true, but God, I'd love it to be. Is Lavia done? It depends what you mean by done. Is he done as in will he be coming to Liverpool? Yes. Is it signed and sealed yet? No. But it will be. I know, it's not, it's not great. We have to be patient a bit here. And I, like everybody else, have questions about why some stuff has dragged on through this window. They're fair questions for all of us to have. As much as I, I feel uncomfortable saying this, we have to wait and see what happens over the next few days because I do think we'll get that third. And then it's up to the manager to see if we get the fourth or not. And that's really important because I don't think even bringing Lavi in is enough personally. Uh, we're one or two injuries then again away from a bit of a crisis. But... Let's look at the signings that we have made and are making. And I think we'll all agree, McAllister looks the absolute business. He is just such a good football player. Sobitzlai looks like he's starting to feel it now, starting to get his groove. Tried a little bit of a chip from distance today as well to catch the keeper off his line. He's looking confident. I've no doubt when Lavia comes in, you know, that'll give a good boost for the team as well. So I think there's lots of positives to be had. Uh, Whitehammer said, the summer window is shocking. If we need Fabinho to be sold for Lavia, then the kitty is empty at the minute. Simple. I don't disagree. I'm, I'm trying to find ways to word it, but I don't disagree with you. It is very worrying to me that we've made two signings and they've cost us between 95 and 105 million, depending on add-ons and stuff. Um, and then it stopped. And you're right. The idea of having to sell Fabinho to get that Lavia money isn't palatable. It isn't. Whatever way we dress this up, Whitehammer, you're not wrong. I think, for me, the decision on this window will end 
when I figure out what happens after Lavia. Because if we end the window with just McAllister, Sobitzlai and Lavia, it isn't good enough. There, there's no there's no other way to put it. It just isn't good enough. And it won't be good enough. And we'll be found out throughout the season. We don't know yet. I'll go through some stuff tonight. We'll be talking about Gvardiol. There's been a report that Liverpool are bidding for him. I don't believe it, but we'll talk about it. Matt Schaub said, positive news about Lavia, please. I mean, I can give you positive news. Positive news about Lavia, mate. Uh, the positive news is that you don't need to worry about anybody hijacking the deal. He'll be a Liverpool player. It's just going to be a matter of time. He's the one we want. He wants us. He's been um, impressed with the pitch from Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool. His family have been impressed. And we've made it clear all along that we want them. So I don't think you need to worry about that. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say to you that you're going to get the here we go tonight or tomorrow. It will be linked to the Fabinho deal, like I've said previously. At least I can, I hope, put your mind at ease on whether you know we're going to lose out in the kid or not. We're not. We're going to get him. Now, what is interesting about Lavia is Southampton, of course, are in the championship now. So their season starts a week before ours. So they played their last preseason game yesterday. I think he played 15 minutes on that one. So their season gets underway next week. So for him... He's not going to want to go and play and then move and go elsewhere. I think we see the movement this week. I do. I think it gets resolved in the next... I'd be amazed if it isn't done by Wednesday or Thursday. Hearing that Atletico are in for Lavia, any truth? No idea. But again, what I've said all along, transfers don't just happen overnight. A lot of the time when you're talking about players coming to top, top clubs, and I definitely put Atletico in that mix... Uh, they're worked on for a long time and Liverpool have been very proactive in how they've gone about the Lavia deal um, and in the groundwork put in the, what's the phrase I'm looking for here? The vision, the plan that they've spelled out about how he will be implemented, how he will grow. And look, I've no idea about Atletico interest. Truly, I don't. But I also think it's too late for anyone at this point. Lavia will, unless, the only thing could happen is City. You know, if City, for some reason, went out there and decided that they want to get him, um, maybe. But for us, I think it's just whenever you get the deal done for Fabinho, you'll see Lavia happen quickly. Lavia already came from City and there's a buyback clause in the deal. Yes, well aware of that. They also have a 20% sell-on clause. Uh, but the buyout clause, buyback clause, doesn't come into consideration until the end of the upcoming season. So he'd have to wait. Um, they'd have to wait to trigger that of forty million next summer, which is why it makes more sense for Southampton to try and get above that this summer. But as I said, twenty percent sell on as well. Say we get Lavi, who else do you see us signing? So I'm going to be entirely honest, Farhan, which I always try to be. I don't know who the fourth could be, and. When we get Lavia agreed, I promise you, I will be hitting my few sources that I have. Because I'm, I'm not the most connected person, I'm, I won't ever claim to be. But I will be looking to find out. Now, to give you information about how it works on my side, the few bits of information I get never come from England. My information comes from Europe whenever I get it. So, uh, Spain, Germany, I mean, lower level in the Netherlands. Um so I never get anything from the club side, which is why I'm always saying to you I don't know about the finances of a deal. I just know when a player, sometimes, that a player wants to move. 
LFCKSA said, we won't sign anybody after Lavia. I'm 100% sure of it. So on that, my friend, if we don't sign anybody after Lavia, how do you feel? Because it isn't good enough, right? They're good signings. Every signing we've made have been a good signing. But if we don't bring in a fourth or a fifth, it just isn't good enough. It isn't. Whatever you want to say, however you want to try defend the owners or whatever, it's not good enough. It isn't. We can't go in with a squad five people less than the season before, where we were already found out to be wanting in midfield and then not fill the positions. It would be frustrating. And I'd be on the offensive against the owners without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Connor the Red said we'd be in trouble if that's the case. What about Shuameni? I don't think he's willing or Real Madrid are willing to leave. What am I what I'm hearing from Spain is Valverde is the potential is the potential to be sold. If Madrid do lose a player, Valverde is far more likely than Shuameni, from what I'm hearing. But at that, they might not sell anyone. Do I think he come to Liverpool? No, because I don't think our cheapskate owners will fund it. And that that's that's the big problem when we have these conversations in here. People say to me, you know, would you like Valverde? Of course I would. And so would Klopp. Klopp loves Valverde. I love Valverde. But John W. Henry is a cheapskate. And, you know, that's not going to change, for better or worse. Uh, Matt Job said... I'm assuming you're happy with Mackett and Sobotsly, but would you have done anything different in this market, potentially a centre-back instead of Lavia? Um, I'm over the moon, Matt, with those two signings. Absolutely over the moon. Would I have done anything differently? Um, probably would have liked to have moved a bit quicker in the market. And I want not just Lavia, I want a fourth midfielder, Matt, because three isn't good enough. We've lost eight players. We're bringing in two, three. We need another one. Look, the centre-back situation... Ideally, yes. Of course, we need to get Verge cover. We need to get competition. for. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Verge. It has to be the right person because this is going to be a signing for the next five, six, seven years. And I don't know truly who Jurgen Klopp's target is outside of Colwell. I've been really honest about that. I don't know. I've looked at Inacio. I've looked at Silva from Benfica. I've looked at Gay from Crystal Palace. We've, you know, I've looked at all the candidates that we've spoken about. 
So I don't know if we'll sign a centre-back in this window. I truly don't know. But if Matip stays and sees out the season, I think we'll have enough bodies to get us through. I just don't know if we have enough calibre of quality to get us through. Because, of course, there are questions about Joel Matip's form. There are questions about Joe Gomez at centre-back. So, yeah, ideally I would want one. I'd want a centre-back, but I'm unsure about what's available for Klopp and the funds. I suppose we should probably uh, talk about the game this morning because I have watched the highlights, I've watched the interviews, I've watched everything I needed to get me up to speed on it. And you know what? Well done to the boys. And if we can take one thing from pre-season, I think we should take that Darwin Nunes is looking sharp. Darwin Nunes knows where the goal is. Diogo Jota, has there been a better header of a ball from somebody, an attacker who's that small than Diogo Jota? I mean... Uh, probably not, is my answer. I can't think of anybody who was so proficient with their head that isn't a big tall forward like a, a Crouch or Darwin or somebody else. Jot is an assassin. So more headaches for the manager ahead of the opening game of the season. But the type of headaches that any manager in his right mind would want. Good selection dilemmas. Ben Doak got himself a goal as well, which was great. Brilliant. Another header. So yeah, great for him. And uh, a 4-0 convincing thumping of Leicester City, which, again, three pre-season friendlies, four goals for the Reds in every single one of them. Only difference was today there was a clean sheet kept, so that was good. Really happy again for the lads, really happy. Mohamed Salah with his assists, he looked sharp, picking out passes. Klopp looked really happy. It was good vibes. And Kwanzaa, again, Kwanzaa is a great block, said Maddie. Kwanzaa's been probably one of the standouts of preseason with regards to the younger lads. I mean, could he be the uh, centre-back option of the future for Jurgen Klopp? Not now. I don't think Kwanzaa's right there now. But again, very good option for Jurgen Klopp moving forward. And he's done himself no harm whatsoever with this preseason campaign. Kwanzaa was good to Conor the Red. Yep, he was. I don't want to come on and be negative tonight. I want us to try and... Look ahead. We have two more games to go now in pre-season. Bayern Munich on Wednesday, Darmstadt then uh, on Monday, August the 7th. Now, I'm going to drop a little bit of a bombshell on you. Monday, August the 7th is going to be the relaunch of Anfield Agenda. We are going to reveal all of our new graphics, technology, camera, everything that we have been working on behind the scenes to show you guys we mean business this season on YouTube. We will be unveiling all of that for the pre-season friendly with Darmstadt on Monday, August the 7th, 7 p.m. kickoff. And uh, I think you're really going to like what we have in store. You know, the guys in the design team have been working their backsides off to get everything ready to go. And um, I think you'll like it. At least I hope you do, because God, if you don't, it'll be an awful sad <laughs> Anfield agenda team. Thoughts on Kwanzaa looked amazing against Leicester, and I feel like this could be a breakout year for him. Not no disagreement whatsoever. Um, LFC KSA, no disagreement whatsoever. I thought Kwanzaa has looked very good in preseason. I've mentioned them a couple of times, and today, from what I've heard, and I've only seen highlights, he was again very very solid. So he could be a standout player. You know, I feel like every every summer we get a young centre back who who makes a bit of a difference, and Kwanzaa has certainly made a big impression on Klopp for this pre-season but it'll be interesting to see whether there's a loan ahead for the young man or maybe Klopp just wants to keep working with him um it's interesting would you sacrifice a centre-back this summer and rely on Kwanzaa so that we get two more midfielders yes 
I would. I don't think as fans, techers, we should have to do that. Let me point that out. Like, I do think this is, again, another indictment of FSG that we're having to have these conversations as Liverpool fans. But, yeah, I feel like with Matip staying, because we thought at the start of the window Matip was going to be the centre-back moved on. So with him staying, with Kwanzaa showing promise, with Seb Vandenberg on loan again, yes, I think we're okay if we get the fourth midfielder. But what we cannot have happen is we get one more midfielder and that that's the end of it. Because that's just not good enough. It is just not good enough. Do you see Ben Doak as a replacement for Salah if and when he leaves retires? I think that's the plan. Pontus Berlin. Um, you know, you can never definitively say that a youngster coming through is going to be good enough. But there's very high hopes for young Ben Doak. You know, you've seen yourself in preseason. Um, even in each game, he's progressing. He added a goal today, which was another big step in that development. So, yeah, Ben Doak looks serious. And whilst I think Mo, I don't know how long he'll have left at Liverpool, but I think Mo definitely has three, four or five years left in him. You know, you look at him, he's a supreme athlete. Uh, but yeah, Doak looks promising. Is Jota a starting player, said Matthew? I don't know. Like, when I think about the front three, I always feel that Diogo Jota is better coming off the bench. I don't know how you guys feel about that. It is a difficult one. But, again, I'm going to say what I've said all along. I think the five forwards that we have at Liverpool Football Club are absolutely sublime. And the options that Jürgen has are tremendous. So, it's up to each one of them to hit the ground running this season and show the manager that when they get their chance, they take it. And I'm, I'm all for a battle for a starting place. So let's see how he starts. But he's doing himself no harm again. In pre-season, he's done very well. I've, I've said this many times. For such a short fella, he's damn good at getting on the end of headers. And technically, he's good at putting them away as well, aerially. Like. So I love Jada. He's a very versatile, very intelligent player um, that can fill in anywhere. So he'll have plenty of options. Do you think we should move from a 4-3-3 because the defence isn't uh, press resistant? Well, we have moved from a 4-3-3. We, we now don't play a 4-3-3, Rosie. We play a 4-2-2-3 or a 4-box-3. Sorry, a 3-2-2-3 or a 3-box-3. Now, that 3-box-3 phrase, only fucking a new one that I heard last year. But the formation is we're 4 in defence and three in attack. So Trent, as you know, slips in alongside the number six, and then we become two number sixes, two number tens, and the front three. And the plan is that McAllister and Sobotsly and Elliot and Jones are going to compete for those two number 10 positions. Uh, by Cecic will probably come in as a six again in this system. I'm very relieved the club has stuck with this because I do think the 4-3-3 was was getting figured out a bit and yes I like um I like the new system although I still feel like it, it can be exploited the last two games of the season Villa and Southampton Southampton I would let go a little bit because it was end of season kind of some people were on the beach but Villa were able to get at us down that side so what I've seen happen is Trent doesn't really come back into the right-back position. Trent more comes in to cover 
at centre-back running in a straight line back in with Canade stepping across to the right-hand side. That's what I've seen so far with, with this new position of Trent. Yeah. Oh, by the way, what do we think of Manchester United's seventy-two million pound um, deal to take Hoyland from Atalanta? Because I've seen, I've been sent some screenshots of some of the United fans' account who again are losing the run of themselves. He suddenly, this dude who none of these fuckers would have heard of two years ago now is suddenly the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, nine goals last campaign, by the way. Nine goals in Serie A. So nine goals in Serie A. Kids, a superstar. Darwin, 14 goals for Liverpool in his first season. Absolute failure, according to these geniuses. So, look, I think Hoyland would be a good piece of business, but I've got to say this clearly. Massively, massively, massively overpaid for what has the potential to be a very good signing. But the Liverpool fan in me is very relieved that United didn't get Harry Kane. Absolutely ecstatic that United didn't get Harry Kane because if United got Harry Kane, I'm sitting here thinking they're going to be big problems this season. Now, now I think they'll be somewhere around third, fourth, fifth, something like that. So, yeah, I'm relieved, but he will be a good player, Hoyland. He will. I'm not sitting here telling you he's crap. Nothing like that. I've said before, go and watch. He's a great player, but they overpaid and they overpaid hugely. So whatever United fans want to say about the Glazers, and you're right to moan about them, you've got my full backing on that. You can never say you haven't had money because I was chatting to a couple of my United supporting mates. I dream of having some of the money for our managers that United have had to piss up against the wall on signings. Again, I'm looking at the opposition. United out there doing bits. Uh, Arsenal doing bits. Chelsea, well, they're just ridiculous at this point with the amount of ins and outs. So um, I'm relieved, really, really relieved because I thought United were going to get Harry Kane and that would have frightened the bejesus out of me because he's a goal machine in the Premier League. Uh, Liz said about as good as the Maguire deal. Did you see that Manchester United value Harold Maguire at 40 to 50 million human pounds? 40 to 50 million for Maguire, the one who you stripped the captaincy of and the whole world scene was an absolute catastrophe over the past few seasons. If anybody pays 40 to 50 million pounds for Harry Maguire, I don't know what to say. He's not worth anywhere near it. And I'm very intrigued to see if West Ham do get that deal over the line or get it done. Yeah, it's, it's, he's overpriced. Like United overpaid at the start, like we spoke about. But if you were to put a value on Harry Maguire right now, honestly, without trying to take the piss, um... 25 to 30 million because he's not getting any younger as well let's be honest about that uh i'm from denmark i know hoyland united overpaid said lars i think there's a load of potential there lars i've watched hoyland playing for atlanta and for denmark i'm not going to sit here and say he's a bad player he's a good player but united definitely 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 overpaid by i think the valuation that psg put on him was probably fair what was that 50 million euro I think that was a fair valuation when PSG put that offer in for him. But he will be a Manchester United player, uh, along with the new goalkeeper that they brought in as well. So let's wait and see what happens. Uh, Max Branning, Eric Ten Hag, spending more than Klopp is mad. I know, it, it is mad. But again, I'm going to ask the question to my fellow Liverpool fans. At what point do FSG realise that they have to start acting like owners with ambition? 
Because it's all very well and good talking about the fact that we get transfers right. And we do. But we don't do enough of them. So I'd like to see a bit more pressure put on our owners now. Because the window's ticking along. If we get Lavi in, that's great. But it's still only part way through. We have a whole month until the window closes. So yes, keep that in mind. But I've said this before. We don't have wiggle room to start this season poorly. We need to hit the ground running. We also overpaid for Darwin, in my opinion. Yes, Ali, I think that's fair. I think we overpaid for Darwin Nunes as well. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit that when I do. But I will never admit that I think he's a flop. Not at all. I think there's a lot more to come from Darwin. But yes, there was certainly an, um, an element of potential in, in getting that deal done. Yes. Because when you look around the world, right, and you see uh, Haaland and Manchester City, you know what he's going to do, right? The dude's going to score a load of goals. The amount of actual potentially superstar strikers is limited. The pool is quite small. Um, we've got one of them in Darwin Nunes. United could very well have one in uh, Hoyland. And after that, yeah. So I think we did the right thing, but I do agree. I think we paid a tad too much. Uh, Patrick Gallagher said, the truth is FSG simply can't afford Liverpool. You know what? It's hard to say, if you know, Patrick, what, whether they can or can't afford us, but they certainly have no desire to go and put some money into the club to try and push us on. You know, that they're only this line of we invest what we have, we spend what we have, it's it's a bit of a cop out. Let's be honest about it. It's a bit of a cop out. It gives them an easy an easy way to make Liverpool fans feel a little bit guilty, you know? You know, oh, we're spending what we have. We want to make sure the club's sustainable. We don't want to go down the route of what happened with previous owners, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, debt in football isn't always a dirty word. And we have cleared a load of money off the books and wages and stuff this summer. So time to time to go out and spend and start acting like a big club. Bit of a shout, actually. So, you know, we often have conversations on here about who do we want to replace Jurgen Klopp? Now, thankfully, we don't have to have this conversation for another two or three years, but Robbie Fowler has been talking about who he'd like to see replace Jurgen Klopp, and I'd be very interested to get your opinion on it. So, Robbie Fowler has said, and I'm going to see if you know who he's talking about here. Um, well, you're going to know very quickly, actually. I've always liked, okay, I'll tell you, Unai Emery, who took over at Villa Park in October. I know he didn't do that well at Arsenal, although under him, they did reach the Europa League final where they lost to Chelsea. What he didn't deserve was to be mocked at times the Emirates were struggling to make himself understood with his less than perfect English. That was completely unfair and the wrong perception of a man who I have thought for some time is a top, top manager. So much that when at one stage last season, there was some talk of Jurgen Klopp possibly leaving Liverpool. I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't mind Unai Emery as the next Liverpool boss. So, thoughts? Now, I know people are going to say Alonso, but he's got to go to Real Madrid. That's my understanding of Xavi Alonso, is that when Carlo Ancelotti leaves Real Madrid at the end of next season, that unless Alonso has a horrendous season with uh, Leverkusen, the plan at Madrid seems to be to bring in Xavi Alonso as the next Madrid manager. I uh, loved his style of play since he beat us with Sevilla, said Gerard. Uh, he'd struggle with FSG, said Harry Klein. I don't know, man. Look, look what he did at Sevilla. Um, didn't have a huge budget to work with there. Uh, I like Alonso, but I can't help but feel we only want him because he used to play for us. Mm, not really. I mean, there is that, I guess, history with, with Xavi Alonso. But, you know, he truly is thought of well 
as a manager. Like he's well, well regarded and respected as a manager. Um, from what he did with Sociedad's B team, obviously then off to Leverkusen, done very well at Leverkusen and almost moved to Real Madrid, but decided to stay on another season. And with Carlo looking like he's taking the Brazilian job, I think that's where he ends up next. Keep an eye out in about 20 minutes for that bit of information I'm going to be dropping uh, with regards to a potential piece of business for Liverpool Football Club. So don't forget to uh, to check it out. Gabri Viega video coming up soon. Talk to you then. Much love. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 